And we're back. It's another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. I am your host, Josh Kuypers. Hey, I'm your other host, Anthony Hookman. And we are back to talk with you all about Friday Night Lights, specifically episode 13 of season two this week. Humble uh, pie. Humble pie. Yeah. Uh, but we've had we've had some changes since the last time we talked. Anthony, I, you have a very different backdrop going on uh, for recording. Before we get to that, I want to talk about your T-shirt. Uh, sure. yes. <laughs> at WrestleMania, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I got to admit, I, oh, that's Shawn Michaels. I was going to say, yeah. I don't know who the other guy is, but yeah. it's just early Shawn Michaels. So yes. actually, I think I that was probably the WrestleMania I started on, or maybe I started I on you 13. started with 13. Yeah. Because yeah, you watched the match with uh, Stone Cold and Bret Hart with the fantastic. Out. Yeah. Maybe still the best match I've seen. So <laughs> started on uh, a real high. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, great t-shirt. But I also like the looks of what you got going on behind you. So what's new in the Hookman Iverson household? Yeah. So, well, it's a new, it's a whole new household. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we moved uh, about 45 minutes closer to you. <laughs> Step in the right direction. Don't get he too does. close though. Or you might end right. up in Iowa. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no. Um, no. Yeah. We, we made our move to Sioux Falls. Um, pretty excited about it we've got our stuff probably about 60 percent unpacked yeah uh, we moved on monday today we're recording this on friday and then i've been working since wednesday again um so yeah it is uh it's been quite a deal i hate moving a lot moving is the worst the absolute worst so we we i'm glad to be in the spot that we're in right now because now it's just like got those books out of boxes yesterday and put them on the bookshelf. That's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, right. You did uh, post a picture, or maybe you Snapchatted, I think it was, the uh, the the display books on the top of your bookshelf. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe just run us through those, because I, I thought sure. that was an excellent selection of books. Yeah, so we've got, uh, yeah, on top of the bookshelf... I've got three books that I think display uh, that I that need to be more heavily displayed. So they have the, <laughs> yes. um, so we've got something that if you follow me on Twitter, you've heard a lot about this or read a lot about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, the billboard book of number one hits. It's just a, a, uh, a plethora of knowledge. Uh, yes. really. Like it's um, pretty great. A reference book of every, every song that ever hit number one on the billboard charts between the, beginning and the summer of 2003 which i'm guessing is when this was published this is the fifth edition i have come across at the same place i found this i found the third edition and fourth editions wow but they're from like the 90s they it's the same book it just stops at different spots earlier spots yeah that makes sense this to my knowledge is the last one that was ever published which is a true shame because I would love for this to go further into our high school years yes that i mean that would be the sweet spot for us for sure yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and with the like reemergence of the Eve six guy kind of bringing up all yeah. of that era of music uh, on, on Twitter, he has been, it would be, it would, yeah, it's got my interest even more in our high school days. Um, just to give you a little bit of trivia. So this ends June 28th, 2003. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you think the number one song is June on 28th, June 28th, 2003? 2003. So I would have been, a, that would have been the summer after my sophomore year of high school. I'm going to say something by Sean Paul. 
very close. He did have one a couple of uh, songs before. It was yeah. This Is The Night by Clay Aiken, a song that I have, do not know. I all. don't know any Clay Aikens. Like, if you asked me to name a Clay Aiken song, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I could name at least one. <laughs> I I could name the Spamalot soundtrack. I think we've talked <laughs> about that before on this yeah. podcast. I saw Clay Aiken and Spamalot. That's about it. So. Um, but yeah, literally two songs before that was Get Busy by Sean Paul on, yeah. on May 10th, 2003 for three weeks. Nice. So, I just anyway. thought back to, I believe I was working for the state highway department that summer. No, that would that's too early. But anyway, Sean Paul, he was a big summer, summer hits guy. For sure. Back recently kind of has had a bit of a resurgence. He was has on he? that Sia song and oh, yeah, he's, yeah. he seems like he's kind of, I don't know if he's coming back, but you know. Um, anyway, next up on the display is So Far <laughs> by Kelsey Grammer, an autobiography written by Kelsey Grammer. I believe this is just, from like 1995, November 1995. Beautiful. Uh, just the cover itself is fantastic. We got, we got Frazier there. Standing in his jeans and a blazer with a white t-shirt on underneath. Hayden's in the pockets. He's still in his little bit of like a, he's got his bald on top, but then like the little bit of curls hanging down yeah, the, the bottom. Skullet. Like the real yeah. like mid nineties. Uh, Kelsey Grammer look. It's kind on. of like Crayola crayon background. <laughs> it looks yep. like it was drawn on by like a child and he's just standing in front of it. Yeah. Um, this really is good. a, the story behind this book, I think I did snap to you, Josh, at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this book, when I first moved to Brookings, there was a dope antique store. It's still there. Um, but there was one of the vendors was this guy who just constantly had like a just consistent turnover of amazing records. Like I picked up some oh, yeah. gems from this place and they were cheap, like Highway 61 Revisited by Bob Dylan. Mm. Um Paul Simon's Graceland, all three Jimi Hendrix albums. Like I'm, I probably spent probably like $500 there on records over the course of the like six years that that guy was there as a vendor and that yep. I lived there. So I was going to this place a lot huh. and in the basement, there was always like half priced records and books. And it was usually just crap. I did pick up, I've got like a novelization of the empire strikes back that I picked up out of there. <laughs> nice. Um, just some, you know, like stuff like that. And yeah. anyway, this so far by Kelsey Grammer, this very copy was <laughs> in that basement, the seller of threads of memories for, from the first time that I went there uh, <laughs> up until the last time that I went there. And finally, the last time I went there, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm finally buying this. So I bought it for a buck. <laughs> it yeah. is now, I don't know if I'll ever read it, but I feel like <laughs> me and this book were meant to be like, it jumped out at me the first time that I went into that yeah. cellar and, and stayed with me. So now it belongs to me. I feel like, I feel like you're destined to read it at some point. I, I probably will. It's just going to happen. Yeah. It's going to hit you. The urge is going to hit you someday and you're going to pick it up and it'll all make even more sense why you were destined for that book. <laughs> Uh, and then to find uh, to finish the books mm -hmm. on display, we've got the WWF Wrestling, the official book, <laughs> um, nice hardcover book from I believe 1992. Wow! So um, yeah, there's some really good stuff in here. I'll kind of every so the first like several pages is just like a wrestler, <laughs> and here's their profile. Who, oh, um, I, I remember. Who's that guy? Yeah, that is Erwin R. Scheister, aka <laughs> IRS. He's yes. the, the father of Bray Wyatt. Holy cow. Yeah. That is why I knew him, but I, I wasn't <laughs> putting that together. But yeah, 
<laughs> That's and incredible. Then, yeah, we got it looks like Roddy oh. Piper, and oh, then yeah, there's yeah. uh is that big That's Bobby well, Heenan. Big, oh Bobby Heenan. Oh shoot, I yeah. saw Big Boss Man beating him up. So yeah, oh, there's yeah. Uh, commentators. Yeah, you got your managers, Mr. Fuji. And then there's a story about every WrestleMania. That's awesome. Uh, in here up to that point, et cetera. The Royal Rumble uh-huh. just happened as we record this. But yeah, there's yep. some uh it's a pretty pretty cool little book uh that i recently found in an antique store that is in pristine condition i'm very very happy to have found <laughs> yeah, that it is yeah uh definitely worthy of the spots of honor in your book collection i'm sure you've got other good ones but those are definitely those are the big notch. three yeah the big three <laughs> nice yeah well congratulations on the new place i'm excited for you thank uh, you I anticipate that we'll be running into each other a lot more. You I know, sure instead hope so. of like the like twice a year that we usually see each other pre pandemic. Yeah. It's like <laughs> twice a year. Yeah. No, well, I hope that, uh, yeah, we hope to, to have you guys over for dinner or something when things get returned <laughs> to normal. There you go. Someday. Uh, so what do you have to drink tonight? For your yes. your maiden podcast recording adventure in the new place. Um, when we moved to Sioux Falls, the first thing I did, like literally after we got moved in, before we even got food, I hadn't even eaten. <laughs> um, <laughs> I told you that story that I, I skipped breakfast and lunch because I just got so in the zone with the movers and stuff and was in a pretty heavy caloric deficit because I got probably the best workout that I've had in years nice. um, helping the movers yeah, move right. stuff. And I told Angie, I was like, we need to go buy a bottle of champagne and a bottle of scotch uh, uh-huh. to celebrate. So I bought myself a bottle of Laphroaig, which is my favorite scotch. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't so know anything got, about that, but ooh, it, it looks is, fancy. It is very, very good. Um, and it's very smoky, which is uh, my jam or PT, as they say in the, <laughs> the scotch community. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, it's, it's very good. Um, I'll probably... I might switch to wine midway, but yeah, we don't have any of my beer down here because we left it up in Brookings and uh, I don't know where the Mio is, so I can't do vodka and water (laughs) and I don't have any mixer for rum. So we're doing scotch and possibly wine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's, that's new. We'll, we'll see how that affects the podcast itself. Uh, yeah, I have once again, a Sierra Nevada, Hazy Little Thing IPA, this was bought for me. We actually saw, like, the only friends that we've seen for the past nine months, uh, we saw them again last weekend, and they brought some beer and just happened to bring this Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing IPA, which you and the listeners know I'm a fan of. So, good choice, Edgardo. Thank you for (laughs) bringing that over. It's going to fuel the podcast tonight. I've got a... Sam Adams holiday porter uh, on deck that my mom got me for Christmas, but that's not like that wasn't the the main part of the the gift that my mom got me. It was actually these Sam Adams Boston Lager glasses Ooh. that were actually my dad's that, and he was obsessed with them because they like have the laser etching on the bottom, so the bubbles mm-hmm. come up, and oh, he yeah. thought that was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so, uh, so she gave me my dad's old beer glasses, but then got me some beer to put in them. So that's what I got on deck for tonight. So nice. So we'll be drinking good. We got good episodes to talk about. I say let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. This episode, Humble Pie, 
like we said, episode 13 of season two. I'm pulling up the IMDb. It aired the 25th of January, 2008. So right around this time, 13 years 13 ago. 13 years ago. My goodness. Right? Yes. All Just right. about makes you sick. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hardly believe it. Oh, man. We got, it looks like we got two Movie Dude 1 oh, synopses here. So I am underprepared. It's been like four <laughs> weeks since we last recorded. So I yeah. am behind. Yeah, on we're, at, we're out of rhythm. But the protocol. Yeah. We'll have to. We'll have to, yeah, we'll rate both of these and see which one holds up better. Alrighty, here we go. It shows up as three on mine because one is duplicated, but the other isn't. I don't know what's going on with the IMDb app. That's but weird. All right. As the athletic director, it falls to Coach Taylor to find a new girls volleyball coach, and he stops at his own wife who searches for her newest player. Jason takes a job working for Buddy Garrity and Smash has some fallout of his own after getting arrested. Tim's given a few days to make to give back the money he stole while he still makes a play for Lila. Um, uh, this is not great. There was a misplaced, or there should have. There was a spot where there should have been a comma. Yeah. In the second sentence, and you probably noticed me read it weird because, because yeah, it looked like that Jason was taking a new job working for Buddy and Smash. Yes, (laughs) which (laughs) I'd watch that show. (laughs) Smash Garrity Motors. That'd be quite the workplace. Uh, So it wasn't very well written, but at the same time, it was at least coherent. That's true. Which for Movie Dude 1 uh, is, you know, a step in the right direction for sure. Let's see how he did with the second one. Maybe he wanted another crack at it. All right. Tara feels left out and feels compelled to come between Landry and his new love interest. Julie feels left out as Tyra bonds with Julie's mother over volleyball. Smash gets left out as he loses his scholarship with TMU over his legal problems, citing not the problem itself, (laughs) but his attitude surrounding the events. While Matt feels like he gets left all the time and loses focus on his life. There's way too many commas in that sentence. The second sentence. See now, once again, this was, this was so forced, but at the same time, like they really are all experiencing feeling left right. out. Yeah, like, he definitely like he can read those themes out of the show, but it's like he just can't quite verbalize it very well. And yeah, once again, that was a two sentence a two sentence synopsis even Stand though we, by. Yeah. He did three sentences for the first one. <laughs> yeah, and it was slightly more coherent, so all right. Uh, if you had to pick between the two, what do you lean towards? I guess the first one. Yeah. Just because it feels less force. It's three sentences. He doesn't feel like he needs to limit himself to two sentences. He doesn't throw out a weird comma. Oh, well, several weird commas. <laughs> um, he, I think one of those commas from the second one should have been moved into the first one. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it just kind of found its way down there over yeah. time. I'm going to uh, say a seven for the first one and like a four and a half for the second one. Okay. 
Uh, I like seven for the first one. I I would have gone uh, not quite as low on the second one because I do I am giving him credit for for pulling out the themes. Do we sure. need the themes in the synopses? I don't know. I think you just need to tell us what's going on. But yeah, so I'd say like a seven and a six. But we both agree that the first one is probably probably yeah, the way to go for sure. All right. So this episode starts off. Uh, Street Street and Herc are at old buddy buddy Garrity Motors. There, uh, the what did, what was the car's name or the pickup's name? I don't remember. Old, it's like old Bessie or old. Oh Beauty yeah, I think old Bessie. Like that. Is a, that sounds right. That's ringing a <laughs> yeah. bell. So, but it's Street's pickup. Yeah, that, it used that to belong to Herc. Yes, I didn't realize that Herc had sold him his old pickup. But anyway, it is in rough shape. The transmission's shot. It's going to cost four to five grand to fix it. And it comes out uh, in the process of talking with the mechanic that this has been a known issue. Since. Yeah, he told Herc years ago yep. that this needed to be fixed. Yep. So Street kind of loses his mind on Herc a little bit, goes after him. They have a physical altercation right yeah. there in Garrity Motors. Uh, but old buddy, buddy comes along. And, uh, he breaks it he, up. Yep. He, he breaks it up and, uh, has a little proposal for Jason. Cause Jason's pretty, it's pretty torn up cause he's not going to be able to afford these repairs. So he's got a proposal. Yeah. Uh, Jason, you ever think about selling cars? <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Uh, and when he said it, uh, to me, that, that kind of makes sense. I feel like Jason for street. Sure like could sell a car and we Absolutely. find out later whether he can or not. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, in the moment I was like, yeah, there you go. I feel like, I feel like you could do this, man. Yeah. Back at the liquor store, Tim is coming out with a sixer and who pulls up, but guy and his guy. weirdo friends. I put his weird looking friends. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> They're all very rough looking dudes. Yeah. They all look like they are at like, on the way to a Leonard Skinner concert in 2021. Like, <laughs> you know, not, I mean, pandemic yeah, yeah. aside, like just like right. later day. Yeah. Weird. Uh-huh. Anyway, guy says, Hey, you know, we're all going hunting. Why don't you come? And Tim's like, I want to spend as little time around this guy as possible. Doesn't <laughs> really know for sure if he knows that the money's missing or that Tim took yeah. it. But it becomes very clear. He's being like really passive aggressive and things get really tense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually guy headbutts him. <laughs> Throws the old Glasgow kiss there as Drew McIntyre would call it. Yes. And uh, <laughs> not only that, but breaks a beer bottle over Tim's head. Yeah. Which uh, is getting pretty hardcore. And he wants to know where the money is immediately. Yeah. Tells him he's got to the end of the week to get the money or a guy will shoot Tim's knees off. Wow. I missed that little tidbit. That's yeah. aggressive. <laughs> well, I guess breaking a beer bottle over someone's head and headbutting them is pretty yeah. aggressive too. But yeah, the police show up to the smash household and they are looking to arrest smash for assault. Smash, uh, Mama smash is confused and wildly upset. Obviously. Uh, for good reason. But yeah, they take Smash in handcuffs uh, out of the house and take him down to the station. 
All right. So uh, after the the opening credits, which are all here, uh, we we kick off the episode proper with a pretty disturbing sight. Gracie. We start right off with Gracie in her jammies, and she looking weird as ever. Coach has 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 uh, indicated that he doesn't know where she came from, and it's <laughs> I. Uh, I, I always joked about her being an alien, but I think we're coming up with some real hard evidence that <laughs> so anyway, uh yeah, pretty pretty disturbing start to the episode, but things move along from there. Uh coach is desperately in need of a volleyball coach. Coach as the athletic director is in need of a volleyball coach. So he's he's working on Tammy a little bit. Yeah. Uh he basically says, hey, you know who would be a really good volleyball coach? You. <laughs> um, and then kind of just proceeds to act as if she agreed to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she's very resistant to the idea at first. Uh, <laughs> my favorite line in the whole thing was coach saying, did you not just tell me that you needed more exercise? <laughs> like he's laying it on here. Uh, Tammy doesn't seem very enthused, but she does seem to be considering. But coach gets a call to go see Smash at I thought it was the police station. Was it not the police? But then they, um, they don't show yeah, him. Yeah, then they're in the, yeah. But anyway, he's got to go. But on the way out the door, he thanks Tammy and <laughs> tells her yeah. she's, a, she's a good woman <laughs> on his way out. Uh, back to Gary Motors. Jason Street is officially being introduced by Buddy yeah. as the newest salesman. His coworkers are not very welcoming. <laughs> no. No, they are not. They... Somebody makes the the remark that they're having a hard time selling cars anyway, and now they got to compete with a guy in a wheelchair. So, doesn't seem like a very uh, healthy team environment. No, not at all. Which, with Buddy as your leader, I guess I'm not completely <laughs> yeah, surprised. You can't anything better <laughs> it's than a that. little bit toxic workplace. Uh, but then we do see Mama Smash, Smash, and Coach at the at, in a meeting with the lawyer with yes. Smash's lawyer. Yeah, I had like, why is coach at the meeting with the lawyer? Like, uh, I have, I've, I had that question multiple times throughout the episodes. (laughs) Why is coach there? Why did they call coach for this? Like, yeah. So, no, that does not make sense. But they discuss a plea deal and Smash gives a little press conference about the incident, basically just says, you know, what I did was wrong. I apologize. I messed up, etc. Yeah. Put it completely on him himself. Didn't make any excuses. He did not want to do this. He was very hesitant no. to this idea, yes. but it seemed like the best way to, you know, salvage his future and um, salvage the season for the football team. So that's what he does. We see Landry. Landry. Yeah. yeah. Landry is studying with a very nerdy girl. <laughs> Jean, which yeah. is also a nerdy name. Yeah. Jean, she's got like yeah. kind of like half-assed white girl dreads. Yeah, like <laughs> and and like bleached white white girl yeah. dreads. I'm yeah. not sure what, but it's exactly like I don't even think on. they're like all dreads. She's got like four or five dreads. Yeah, it's more like she just hasn't washed her hair for a couple yeah. months. Yeah, maybe she's on her way to trying to have dreads. But yeah, that could be. White people can't really have natural dreads. That's not how it work. How the hair works. So I don't know. She's trying real hard, basically, 
to look, to have this certain look. Right. Uh, but they're studying, and as they're studying, Tyra comes, plops herself down next to Landry, and um, asks a question about homework. Yeah, she's, she needs help with a question from, like, a quiz or something. Yeah. And Jean a- answers the question, and this does not go over very well with Tyra. Tyra starts no. feeling very territorial over Landry at this point. Yeah, Tyra is very clearly, like, annoyed and is kind of like, wow, thank you, Landry. <laughs> yeah, which was not even real. I was going to say passive-aggressive, but not even really passive-aggressive. It was bordering on just <laughs> straight blatant aggression. Uh, yeah, so Tyra's not a fan of Gene. We can tell right away. Lila is at church, and let me tell you, they're getting down at the church. They are having themselves a service. Yeah, uh, I told like as this scene, I, and please don't take offense to this. Um, <laughs> yeah, as a like uh, as a worship leader, but like <laughs> this is not sincere, my like style I, I turned to Angie and I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> like this just <laughs> gives me like PTSD for like just a brand of Christianity that I do not subscribe to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Leave it at that. It's it's pretty over the top. Um, The worship song that they were singing, I just wanted to make a note that the subtitles were very wrong and not the lyrics to that (laughs) song. Cause that song back in 2000 was definitely a jam back then. They were doing it in a very uh, over the top style that i never did that song as but yeah anyway the subtitles were wrong with that song and they were wrong with the other song that they they played so uh whoever wrote the subtitles not an evangelical christian i think it's safe to say wow all right (laughs) they don't know those songs somebody's feeling judgy (laughs) (laughs) we just said that that is not the brand of christianity that we are interested in I know, but um, Tim walks in in the middle of this uh, Jesus jam they got going on, and uh, he is all beat up and yeah, <laughs> looking looking tough, looking real rough, like just wearing like a a pearl button up, the yeah. pearl snap button up, yeah, the classic the classic rigs of the pearl pearl snaps, but unbuttoned part way down and all yeah. that. And he walks up, finds Lila, who luckily is sitting in an aisle seat. <laughs> <laughs> would have been real yeah, embarrassing if she wasn't. <laughs> and he tells Tyra about the three thousand dollars and tells him tells Lila that he's got something important to tell her. She's like, I'm not interested. Basically, like, screw off. Yeah. Um, like we're starting a new hymn here. Like, <laughs> uh, you gotta go. Right. Or probably not him, a worship song, sorry. Um yeah. And he's like, promise, I won't leave until you promise me that you'll come over. And she's like, fine. (laughs) She reluctantly agrees. Yes. And then as Tim leaves, they begin to sing literally my least favorite worship song of all time. (laughs) So, uh, Tammy, meanwhile, coaching volleyball. I don't know what day this meeting, uh, this church meeting was on again. Uh, the timeline gets very messy in Dylan sometimes. Yeah, that could have been maybe like a Sunday evening or the only other day that makes sense to me is Wednesday, but who knows? I guess that I, yeah, I guess they weren't ever in school yet. I just assumed. Oh yeah, they were. They, yeah, they were. Cause that's where Tyra. Right. 
Um, so maybe it's just like a weird Monday night worship service. Yeah, something. Or um, any other night of the week, who knows? <laughs> right. So Tammy is coaching volleyball. Apparently, Eric roped her into it. Uh, coach Taylor put on the old yeah, coach successful. charm and made it happen. Uh, and the team is bad. They are. They're not qu- good. Quite bad. Also, Tim is there for some reason. Yeah, is he like still serving a punishment or something? Because he, he was be. like an athletic manager for a while or something. Because he was helping out at the gymnastics meet and Guy was there mm-hmm. and all that. But so he's still serving that or serving time for that or something. Uh, <laughs> the I loved the look on Tim's face as the volleyball team was absolutely sucking tim just looked absolutely mortified by how bad they were (laughs) it was disturbing him uh to even witness it so uh tim's there he's he's basically shagging balls for the volleyball team and they are bad uh back at garrity motors jason executes a successful sale yeah he just Uh, gets right in there some customers who were there to buy that day, they were, they knew what they wanted and they found it and got it. And his coworker is pissed. Yeah. She, uh, steals the sale based on the point system yeah, the that point she system. explains to, to him. Yeah. He's low man on the totem pole. So she's not very happy and tries to come up with some bogus, system that they have we don't know it's bogus at the that's time right. though, as the audience that's right although i had my suspicions yeah tyra is over at the the tailors for supper and tammy is complaining about the coaching and the team and all that and tyra helps out as tammy is making supper by putting something away in a high cupboard like the little cupboard over the fridge yep. that most people have to get uses. up on a chair to yeah to to open but tyra just with her tall self reaches up there i gotta and know yeah what a, was going a light bulb <laughs> light bulb go, well what's going on in my mind is not that's for um that's 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 for the Patreon <laughs> content because I can't talk about that here, but, right. um, but I can tell you what was going through Tammy's mind. Yeah. A little light bulb. One I'll off. settle for that. <laughs> um, Tammy somehow just now realizes Tyra is tall, <laughs> which was probably literally the first thing that, that you yourself ever noticed about Correct. Tyra immediately, but yeah. yeah, well, and Tammy's never had reason to, you know, uh, but I take, think it's like, I mean, yeah. she's, a t- I mean, she's very tall. She's taller than most of the guys on the show. Yeah. Tyra I'm trying to think is. of like anybody that we went to high school with that like was a girl that was really tall. I can't think of anybody, but I feel like we would have been like, Oh, that's the super tall girl. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. You know? Yeah. For some reason, it never dawned on Tammy, but now she's making the connection yeah. that uh, Tyra might just be the the secret weapon that's needed to get this volleyball team whipped into shape. Um, Lila lies to the pastor co-host guy whose name that I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, her little her little boyfriend. Um, <laughs> I was just calling him youth pastor. In my yeah, notes. youth pastor. I don't know guy. if he's actually a youth pastor, but he seems like a youth pastor. He does. So. 
Uh, Lila lies to him, tells him that she's got to babysit Buddy Jr. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, how old's Buddy Jr.? That kid doesn't need a babysitter. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't think so. But, <laughs> but she tells him that that's what she is obligated to do. And uh, she instead, of course, goes over to Tim's. Yeah. Tim's got a little. Wait, are we there yet? Oh, yeah. He's got a romantic yep. spread going. Yeah. He's got the. He's made some chicken. He's got some candles. He's got, he's got some flowers on the table. Yeah. He's he's really pulled out all the stops for this one. And so <laughs> Lila shows up and sees what's going on here and not interested. Yeah, immediately she is not interested. But Tim says, hey, you know, I got to get something off my chest. And uh, it's that he loves Lila. And Lila tells him that it's never going to happen. Yep. Yeah, Tim asks for brutal honesty and he gets it. Tim Tim refuses to believe uh that she does not feel or that she that what she has with the youth pastor is real. And he tells her, look into my eyes and say you don't feel the same way I do. And if she can do that, then then he'll move on. And she just goes ahead and does it. <laughs> yeah, she does just that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We did get sorry, there was a music cue in there that I did write down. Um, it was Your World by David Shepard Grossman. I don't remember if it was during the Lila and um, Lila and Tim scene or the next scene, which is actually at volleyball practice. Tyra's first day at volleyball practice. She is good, naturally talented, but yes. she's kind of struggling with some of the fundamentals. Tammy tells Tyra to picture something that makes her angry. And you know, that's you make it yeah. in the ball, you pound the ball. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's implied that she is thinking about Gene, but but it's Tim. it's also like implied that she's talking about Tim. Like to me, it was like it seemed like it wouldn't make more sense if it was Gene. Yeah, because she's not mad at Tim for anything at all. That's yeah. I mean, would she be from the past? I got to think of they like were how they're in a relationship, and but she ended it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It so I, I thought the same thing at first. Like, oh, she's gonna she's gonna get mad about the Landry situation. But they show Tim. Yeah, she's like hitting it directly at Tim, and then later and then, on, yeah, yeah, Tammy, Tammy says, says picture Tim. So, yep. like to me, yeah. I don't think she has anything to be mad about at Tim. She's like in interested in Landry. She's not even interested in Tim anymore. No, it was weird. Uh, I agree. Yeah. It's like they were trying to, they didn't need to shoehorn Tim into this role of being on the volley, like with the volleyball team. They really did not. Yeah. They were trying really hard to do that, but they didn't need to. Although I did appreciate, like I said, that look of horror on his face when the volleyball team was so bad. Yeah. That was good. That that was maybe worth it right there. But so, yeah, she's mainly thinking about Tim. I'm, we're going to assume that there's some uh, aggression towards Gene that is also being channeled into that ball. But she really starts getting some power behind her spikes and uh, things are things are looking up. Street is struggling to sell cars now. Yeah. Uh, the point system is really taking its toll on him. <laughs> He's very discouraged. Uh, and Buddy asks him, how's, how's it going? How's it going? 
and Street tells him about the point system. And <laughs> but yeah, like, well, he 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 struggles with this one sale. This guy comes in. He he thinks he's got it locked up. This yeah. guy's really seems to be interested. Not interested. Yeah. Tim says, or I'm sorry, Street says, you know, well, the point system's really screwing me. And uh, that guy out there, I thought I had him locked up and not interested. And first of all, Buddy tells him that guy out there comes in once a week. He's a looky loo. A looky loo. <laughs> Old Gerald and, the looky loo. <laughs> um, and he says, yeah, the point system, there's, there's no point system. Yeah. So he reveals it to be a lie. And suddenly, Street is. Kind of revitalized. Well, let's not skip over the fact that Buddy gives a pretty inspiring little talk here. He he really talks Jason up at this point. You know, he says, Gerald's a looky-loo, the point system, yada, yada, yada. But then he's kind of like, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's like, you can do this, son. You just you just figure out what people want and you tell it to them. And, uh, I have in my notes, buddy Garrity inspo rating this week. <laughs> Pretty it was, high. It was, it was impressive. I thought it was yeah. a good moment for buddy. So he, he talks a little life into, into street streets going to get after it. Oh, he, he talked about how it's almost like two a days. Like you oh, don't yeah. want to do it, but you keep showing up and putting in the work and then eventually you realize later on. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he, I mean, Say what you will about Buddy. The man's a salesman, and he knew what what it would take to get Jason motivated to sell cars, and he just had to put it into football terms for him and, and challenge him that way. Friday Night Lights must have owed Applebee's some screen time <laughs> this week because <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of stuff that takes place in Applebee's. A lot of pivotal scenes in yeah, Applebee's. Really didn't need to. And we we even started talking. We always have to mention a uh, a specific Applebee's dish. Uh, yes. lately we had the, the quesadilla burger the other day, a, a personal favorite of your own. <laughs> yep. Good stuff. Uh, this time it was the, what sizzling apple, apple, sizzling pie, apple pie, which I, I got to assume that's an actual Applebee's dish. Otherwise, yeah, they know, wouldn't make it up would, for the show. No way. <laughs> they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't make it. You're up leaving money on the table. You're leaving people. If I go to Applebee's tomorrow and I order a sizzling apple pie, it's not on the menu. I'm going to be pissed, but I'm not going after <laughs> no, tomorrow. But, I, yeah, but also, happen. it's not 2008 anymore. So, right. Uh, but I, mean, I mean, I'd be interested, a little interested in a sizzling. Yeah. Apple you pie. couldn't, you couldn't just, yeah. That'd be a bad marketing decision <laughs> to, to allow a fake menu item <laughs> a at a real menu, restaurant. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this is kind of our first Applebee's scene. Uh, and so there turns out, yeah. well, it turns out that Tyra is their server. Uh huh. Of course. Like didn't I? I thought this had. I initially thought like, was this intentional by Landry to like? Yeah, why would I don't you take th- her there? It's a bad idea. Get a clue, Landry. Damn. You guys ever heard of the diner where you spend ninety five percent of your time, but apparently everyone is now moved over to Applebee's. Yeah, to hang out. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense for you to be hanging out at Applebee's at this particular. Like, there's. We've determined that it's a town of roughly at least fifty thousand people. Yep. There's got to be another place to take a date. Than freaking Applebee's. You could take your study date to the diner, which seems like an obvious choice. Uh, you could go to the quasi, no, the recently closed 
Dairy Queen, <laughs> Alamo Freeze. now called the Alamo Freeze. Yeah, but they're still using up all their products. You could take you could take her there. Uh, those are great options. Who studies at an Applebee's? Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Especially when your ex-girlfriend works at this Applebee's. So anyway. There's got to be a ton of independent restaurants in that town. Like, yeah, for sure to go to instead of Applebee's to study where your ex-girlfriend doesn't work. <laughs> That's kind of the main determining factor. If there. I'm Landry and I'm going out with a girl, Applebee's is at the bottom of my yeah. list. Okay, listen, I'm interested in you. I'd like to start dating you, but I have some ground rules. Number one, we're never going to Applebee's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I don't really want to talk about it, but we're just not going to have hey, any apps. We're not going to have any desserts there. We're not going to get a two for 20 entree special. Uh, <laughs> sorry about your love for the sizzling <laughs> apple pie. We're, we just can't chance it. I know the quesadilla burger is maybe the best uh, culinary experience that a human being can have. Wow. Uh, no, this isn't me talking. <laughs> okay, okay. This is, this is, this is a Dylan resident. I got to okay, assume okay. that Dylan residents are probably pretty high on Applebee's, but sure. Yeah, obviously they are. It's always packed in there. <laughs> right. The uh, folks of Dylan are eating good in the neighborhood. You could say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, buddy goes in there to drink at night. Like, man, Anyway, they're there. Tyra is not being very congenial, not being very professional. No. She, yeah, I don't remember how she greets them, but when she brings the water back, she slams them down on the table. Yeah. Uh, probably not getting a great tip on this this particular yeah. uh, deal. So... I don't remember how it comes up. Oh, Gene makes some passing comment about how Landry is wearing a mayhem shirt, which apparently is a, what kind of metal band? Death metal. Yeah. Some specific sort of metal, but the, she makes the observation that it's weird that he's wearing it because he's in a Christian power metal band. And in my notes, I started writing, they are not a power metal band. They are a speed speed metal metal band. band. Uh, two very different things. And so that gets them going into uh, uh, the influences of... A lot of subgenres of <laughs> yes. metal. Uh, and now Landry is describing Crucifictorious as extreme grindcore with heavy thrash influences. <laughs> so, but at the same time, Landry gets kind of a look on his face like, well, like, this girl knows her stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, he's getting a little interested which we'll see a little bit more of, of maybe Gene sharing a little bit more common interests. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that when we get there. I think it'll be <laughs> next episode, but we'll discuss it when yep. we get there. Yep. So Lila, we get a quick scene of Lila uh, starting to come clean to the youth pastor guy about Tim. And let's just skip ahead to the next part of that scene, even though there's a little smash in between. So Lila and the youth pastor are talking. I think they're, are they mini golfing or? Yes, they're playing mini golf. Yep. Yep. Uh, They're mini golfing and she kind of tells him what happened. And uh, yeah, everything. Her quote is, I know, I know. I slept with my paralyzed boyfriend's best friend. It's the worst thing I've ever done. 
And I, I wrote my notes. I kind of hate that explosions in the sky is playing in the background of this scene because these two are the worst and (laughs) (laughs) they don't really deserve, they deserve the, the grace like rain, uh, peppy church version (laughs) soundtrack from earlier. Uh, not the explosions in the sky, but, uh, the youth pastor guy takes it like a champ. Uh, is very understanding. Uh, I yes. think he's yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think that he is actually kind of secretly pumped that Lila has had a sketchy, uh, rough past. Yeah, I think he's a nice guy who's like, oh, I understand uh, <laughs> that that was the past you, but he's in his mind thinking, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope that's still uh, yeah. a little bit current you. Yeah. <laughs> Not with Tim specifically, but yeah, he's a creep. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, in between those two scenes with Lila and Youth Pastor, Noelle shows up at the Smash House. Yeah. And she apologizes and they talk and during this a call comes in on the phone and we find out that smash's little sister has been receiving prank calls yeah like lewd prank calls yeah which is a pretty bold thing to do in the age of landlines like just hoping that the person that you want because like to me a female voice is a female voice like i think if you if you got mama smash instead of sister smash like (laughs) <laughs> just you know hearing a female voice he probably doesn't know their voices well enough yeah, right. to to know yeah that's true anybody could answer that phone including Couldn't smash <clears throat> no uh so obviously that's pretty traumatizing for yeah Moni. she tries to play it off a little bit but smash kind of demands to know what's going on and he is very shook up and angered by the situation and justifiably so. So uh street is we're back at the dealership and old looky Lou Gerald <laughs> walks in and man, Jason's feeling pumped up by the buddy Garrity inspirational motivational talk. And so he goes out right on over there to Gerald yeah, and, and he's he's a born salesman. You could yeah. he he goes into it. Yeah, he he gives Gerald a real inspirational, hard ass uh, talk. And basically, I wrote my notes like, "Are you a man, Gerald? <laughs> are you gonna take the take life by the horns and wrestle it into submission? Or are you gonna be a little <laughs> sissy?" Gerald assures him that uh, he's packing down there and he's gonna go ahead and <laughs> and buy this this pick a hybrid pickup. I think it was yeah in two thousand seven, and I didn't know they were selling hybrid pickup trucks. It was definitely not the the norm. No, but Gerald goes for that it. Must have, I think they also had a contract with Chevy. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure that they were pushing the the two thousand eight. Uh, yep. Silverado hybrid. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so we had the pot potential buddy Garrity inspirating earlier. I feel like we got to, you know, put Jason street up for a little inspiration yeah. this week too. Uh, he's real inspirational. He announces to buddy into the dealership that he has sold a car to Gerald. It's a very triumphant moment. Yeah. Big moment for, for anybody, let alone the new guy. Yeah. 
back at Applebee's. We've everybody's there. Yes. Everybody in this town is, is at Applebee's. Is this the same the same day, or is this a whole separate it's occasion of tell. everybody being at Apple? I th- I took it as separate, but now I'm not sure. But anyway, I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah, the entire high school basically, the entire football team. Well, it's at there. one table, Landry. Matt Harrison, Gene, and Tim Riggins for some reason are at yep. one table. Yep. And then <clears throat> Smash is also there. And then Santiago is also there. <laughs> yep. Santiago has now just become like kind of an ancillary character. <laughs> Shows up every yeah. once in a while. Don't think he was in the last episode at all, but yeah. But um but yeah, the, everybody's there. the news comes on and they're doing a story about Smash and Santiago says, Hey Smasher on TV. Yeah. And it's his little press conference, and then it's followed by the rebuttal from the white dude. Yeah. Who he uh punched, who blatantly lies yeah. about what happened. Yep. Calls Smash a thug and yeah, basically that it was unprovoked and all yeah. that stuff. Conveniently, a news <laughs> right after has this clip plays tracked Smash down in the Applebee's. I mean, it's a safe assumption, you know, that that a high schooler is going to be at Applebee's because that's where just where the high schoolers are these days. Be. Yeah, but yeah, timed it perfectly so that right after the news segment gets over, he's there. He starts kind of pressuring Smash with these, you know, hard hitting journalistic questions, and Smash eventually. St- cracks and snaps breaks and him, yeah. kind of goes off and says some not smart things to say like he didn't deserve an apology and i probably shouldn't have messed him up worse than i did yeah that yeah, was since his apology yeah not good. um and then we kind of see coach also see this on tv as it's all unfolding we get kind of a cut to coach yeah uh seeing all this news yeah <laughs> not good we street and hurt go out to celebrate the streets car sale. Yeah. Street comes home, tells her castle, the car and they decide they're, they're going to go out and celebrate. Really felt like a little filler scene there. I didn't have much to (laughs) say about it, but here's something that's not a filler scene. We got Tim and Billy and we've got the beer tally. Oh, you do such a better job at this than I do. I never (laughs) even noticed that they're drinking beers. Tim and Billy are drinking beers. Um, we only see one in Tim's hand, but we do see a couple of empties. I only listed one on okay. the tally, but yep. Since um, they were both drinking, we can't. they are talking about the stock market. <laughs> they um, are, man. I must have been distracted. Yeah, pretty hot commodity. Billy says, "Well, yeah, one of my you know jackass friends from high school, he's doing the stock market, so I could probably make some money in there." Um. Speaking of the stock market, it's kind of been in the news. Yeah, I was going to say. Right now, by the time you listen to this, it won't be probably uh-huh. uh, with the whole GameStop thing. And I um, have gotten kind of inspired. I threw $200 into a couple of uh, marijuana stocks. Oh. Um, uh-huh. And one has been, well, this one, I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up because the stock market symbol is YOLO. Oh my god! Um, but it's it's made me a couple bucks over the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, and another one is a. I mean, it's that one's like twenty six dollars right now. I think I bought it at like twenty five. 
Um, <laughs> so I've got like three, almost four shares in that, not quite four. Uh, yep. So I've got half my stuff in that. And then I got this other one, Sundial Growers, that's been kind of oh, yeah. obviously a little shaky, but yep. um, it was, so here's the last three months. It went up from 20 cents to $1.20. Oh, wow. Um, so it's been on a pretty consistent uh, uh-huh. high. And uh, so I bought 100 shares of that. Nice. Um, so uh been seeing it's been a little up and down but it's been kind of fun and it's you know just it's it's a mo- amount of money that i uh, yeah. am okay with you know if it completely crashes then it completely <laughs> right, crashes. you're gonna be okay yeah. yeah uh yeah i mean all these states passing uh it medicinal like or a, recreational marijuana seems pretty yeah. safe you know yeah. as long as they're That's good businesses they're gonna they're gonna pick up so yeah anyway Tim and Billy, they're talking about the stock market and Tim kind of makes a crack to Billy. Um, cause he's like, Oh yeah, your buddies are in it, but you've got a, you know, a sophomore in high school education. You don't, you know, how are you going to take this? You know, whatever. And as they're talking about this, there's a knock at the door. Yeah. Billy grabs the baseball bat, tosses Tim a, like a nine iron. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They are on edge right now, but they open the door. Turns out it's uh, it's Lila, and she just is dropping off an envelope of cash. Yeah, where did <laughs> where did this three thousand dollars come from, buddy? But it, I guess maybe Buddy would be in support of bailing Tim out. I don't. I think that Lila lied to Buddy. Yeah, and that's how she got the money. Buddy's pretty vulnerable right now with his kids because you know he wants to stay on their good side. Yeah, I imagine it's a period. a real like Hillary from the Fresh Prince situation where she probably <laughs> just said like, "Daddy, I need three thousand dollars." <laughs> <laughs> right. Or somehow turn it against her hippie uh, stepdad. That also could, yeah. Know. She could really play that angle to get Buddy. Get basically anything she wanted from Buddy, I think. Yeah. But uh, she's brought off the money to to pay off Guy because she doesn't want to see Tim get hurt again. And she also tells Tim that this is it. She's not not coming coming around anymore. Nope. This is he'll he'll never see her again. Basically. Over at the volleyball game, the team is playing pretty well, but the game is tied. Tammy gives a coach taylor-esque speech gets gets him fired up gives a little inspiration and dylan takes the our volleyball points to 13 or or is it 25 or 15 it's fifth well it it depends on what the scoring system i think i think the game is i think it's 13 to 13 and the Panthers end up scoring two more. So it's yep, 15 they get to 13. 15. So in this yeah. case, it's 15. But then yeah. I, I, there's like rally scoring and then there's right. other. And I know at some point Platt switched to rally, like our state or whatever switched to rally scoring. So I remember when that happened, but I don't know how that works. Sure. My mom was a head volleyball coach when it's I was true. a kid. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, Tammy is, we're seeing a different side of Tammy coming out here. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what we think about it. We can maybe get into that later. Yeah. Um, but they they pull out the win. I have Tammy Taylor inspirating. Yeah. Ugh, man. Uh, at, at, 
as the as the end of the game is going on, they're not even it appears that they're not even like setting the ball for Tyra. It's like the other team will hit it three times and knock it over back to the Dylan side, and then Tyra will just immediately spike just it back. Slam to it, them. yeah. And she gets like three it. spikes in a row. Yeah. She's not even yeah, she's like a one woman uh wrecking crew on the volleyball court, uh, which I don't even think is reasonably possible that people would be just hitting the ball in a way that she is able to spike it directly back. Yeah. I don't know enough about the game of volleyball, but yeah, I kind of agree. They plot the uh, win. They're excited. Uh, the, Oh, we do get a quick shot. Also at the end of the volleyball game, Julie is looking just kind of snarky in the stands. Unimpressed. Yeah. Yeah. Coach Taylor is there as well. He's pretty excited for, for Timmy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Julie's not, not the, excited uh, at all. The Riggins brothers show up at Guy's house to bring the money. And uh, things get really like, I don't know what Guy's deal is. He's a creep meth dealer, I think yeah. is the main thing. It's like he's really into like intimidating people. Uh, and he is good at it. Yeah. It's just so like really psychopathic. I don't know what the word is. It's just very strange. Yeah, that's true. He likes to, to control and intimidate and, uh, yeah, I'm the guy with the gun. And so nobody's ever listened to me for my whole life, but now you have to listen to me kind of vibes. Um, so they're, yeah, they, they give him the money. He insists that they come inside, uh, at gunpoint until they count it. Well, Roscoe and Coltrane are there. They're, yep. They're still hanging out. And the money's all there. You know, can probably just take it easy and be done with it. But no, Billy escalates things and wants Guy to like promise that he's not gonna, that he's gonna leave Tim alone now. Which, why are you trying to get the word of Guy? Yeah. Like, what does that not, matter? Yeah. So it really escalates. They end up like fighting, have a physical altercation and Billy and Tim eventually like bail and rush away and hop in the truck. And Tim, of course, can't get the truck started and guy is pointing a gun straight at their head as they, they drive, jump the curb and drive away. Um, but yeah, hopefully the guy situation is over. I don't remember for sure. I think it is, but I don't remember either. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, because we're two episodes now away from season three, and season three is like a hard reset. So yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure we don't see any more of Guy, but I guess we will see. I got a I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh. So let's say that the uh, DEA comes in, busts up Guy's meth lab, takes him to jail, confiscates things. Roscoe and Coltrane need a new home. Would you take them in? <laughs> um, I think if for whatever reason, and here's an interesting thing, I guess now that you say that, because our property manager's wife um, and our property managing property, <laughs> our property manager and his wife live in the building okay. and our property manager's wife is like, works for the Sioux Falls police department. For, okay. like, with animal control. So oh, this is a potential opportunity that could come yeah. to me. <laughs> um, I would definitely like be like, oh yeah, if it's up to me, I would take them in. I've always had like 
a an interest in ferrets. I think they're a very like sleek animal. <laughs> um, it would just be convincing Angie. Um, and I think I, that I could play the card of being like, remember when you wanted a hedgehog and I really didn't want a hedgehog and then I ended up being the one who loved it. Like, yeah, maybe you'll be the one who really loves the ferrets. <laughs> so I think, I think there's a, like a 60% chance that I take those ferrets and yeah. 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 Nice. I kind I kind of had a sneaking suspicion that, that you would, you would be willing to give them a new home and uh, mm-hmm. give them a good life if it's just me like for whatever reason i'm single and i'm living in this apartment by myself <laughs> um then yeah oh yeah for That's sure a, yeah yeah uh sleek you use that that word to describe ferrets when we were first introduced yeah they're to just Roscoe such a like there's such a i don't know their bodies are just so fascinating like I don't, yeah. that's the only the best word i can come to uh, come up with to describe them uh-huh. just uh-huh. it's know. uh so when this is a little bit off track, but when I spent a summer in Alaska with uh, my buddy John Kewick, I don't know if you do you remember John at all? Yep. Yeah, yep. he was around uh, off and on. Uh, we lived like five miles out of town of uh, Seward, Alaska, and mm-hmm. you had to go on this gravel road that went along the ocean. It was like a big bay area, but mm-hmm. there was an otter. Uh, two otters that lived like right off this road. They were like in the same spot the entire time. Uh, like every day you'd go past and there were the, there were the otters and kind of the same deal, like fascinating how sleek they are and how yeah. their bodies move. And they're just so like fluid and flowy and yes. yeah, like, like they're, they're vertebrates, but it almost seems like they don't have a spine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I get you. Sure. I get you. Um, apparently otters and ferrets are, uh, predators and can be pretty vicious. Um, you know, ferrets in the wild eat prairie dogs for sure. Yeah. But yeah, otters also, I mean, they mostly eat clams and stuff, but I always pretty in like, in like junior high and high school, I always really, really wanted to get like a ferret. Uh Um, it was one of the few things that I like didn't go ahead and just defy my parents on <laughs> yeah. um probably because it would have had like permanent lasting uh consequences yeah. but um my mom actually when she was pregnant with me her roommate like had a ferret i guess <laughs> and it bit her oh geez and she was like for the rest of her life just like she's still to this day i shouldn't say that like she's still alive um like <laughs> she still to this day is like very adamantly anti-ferret <laughs> um, but i yeah. always really wanted one um so it's just, it's interesting because she really really hates them and i've always had like an attraction towards them so yeah i <laughs> just something to think about well you're living on your own now and dang it michelle you can have whatever <laughs> pet you want damn right <sighs> all right ferrets pretty cool <laughs> yes uh we start the indie song ending scene that we usually have uh not so much of a montage this time around but they do play a nice indie song to wrap up the episode did you get a did you get a bead on what it I was didn't, didn't no i didn't either um but mama smash and coach are waiting for smash it looks like a little intervention they're gonna stage here but they are breaking the news waiting to break the news to smash that uh they just found out that he's suspended for three games, which is basically the re- it is the rest of the, the rest of the regular season. season. Yeah, yep. So a lot is up in the air at this point. 
that's the end of the episode. Uh, the future of Smash, the future of the Dylan Panthers, all very uncertain at this point. Yes. So that's where we leave things. I believe we can uh, take a little break here. Yeah. And come back and we'll get into the characters. Okay, we're back. After our little break, we are going to talk about some characters here, get a little more in depth. I'm kind of thinking, I want to talk about Tammy first. We're getting, sure. uh, yeah. you know, Tammy is our perennial MVP of the episode candidate. Yes. She's the moral compass of the entire show. We're getting a different side of Tammy here. And I'm curious, do you, what do you think of the new Tammy? Do you support it? Uh, you know, I feel like we get a little bit more in-depth view of it next episode but if you're going just by this episode how are you feeling about tammy's new coaching venture yeah i'm in support of it um she seems to find some real meaning in it she seems to be happy doing it Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm all for it yeah she was she was looking for more opportunities to exercise anyway she's out there taking care of that body um so yeah it's weird seeing the competitive side of her come out because I feel like she's often balancing the competitive side of coach. And so she's taking on a lot more coach Taylor qualities. Technically she is coach Taylor now, I guess. Yes. We might need to specify whether we're talking about (laughs) coach Eric Taylor or coach Tammy Taylor. Um, yeah. So at this point, good for, good for you, Tammy, uh, chase your dreams unimaginable new heights for the (laughs) Dylan volleyball team. Hopefully state. I don't Uh, know if they'll even be eligible. I think in the next episode or is it this episode or the next episode that uh, Julie mentions that they are like one in 12 or something like that. So (laughs) yeah, it was this one. Yeah. Yeah. They're one in 12, but coach Eric Taylor points out that uh, coach Tammy. Yeah. She's one one and oh. Yeah. Yep. He accidentally says one and one right <laughs> away does. and then it, changes it up. It, it definitely seemed like a, that screw up definitely seemed like they were re- recording something in the moment, like with cheering and stuff or like, just keep yeah. rolling. Just like, <laughs> so he just kept, kept trying to fix it. Uh, Kyle Chandler did. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it came up as genuine for sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's Tammy uh, street. He's also got a new venture. Did what? What was uh, Movie Dude One's theme? I feel like people have new ventures um, being left out or something like. Okay, that. Okay, interesting take. But now let's maybe I should write one about Tammy's new venture, Jason's new adventure with uh, Garrity Motors, Landry's new venture with Nerd Gene. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was all about being left out. <laughs> Smash's new venture with sitting on the bench. Uh, but yeah, how do we feel? Who did I just say? Jason street. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Good development for Jason to be working for buddy. Uh, <laughs> um, it definitely, I, it's gotta be awkward, but right. We didn't even I, like that. Didn't even come up in the episode. Yeah. But I think that, um, it's something that he does seem like he has the the raw talent for so yeah i'm i'm in favor of it so far because he's he's pretty successful 
yeah, he gets and he gets inspired, and I feel like he has that competitive drive that is so strong in in him and doesn't have an outlet because apparently quad rugby is just not a thing anymore. Yeah, no, he doesn't care about it anymore because he didn't make the national team on his first, on his first try after about- being paralyzed for like three months. <laughs> right, moving on, but yeah, so he's he's finding an outlet for that in in selling cars uh, to Gerald. <laughs> uh Landry has man he, Landry's such a weird dude. I don't know. I yes. He acts so weird towards Tyra. Like he wanted her so bad and then now but I think I think it's good for him to have moved on and to have met a girl who is maybe a little bit more um, who holds the same interests as him, I think is the way that he's looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say like more actually in his league. Uh, no, no. I'm. <laughs> you just in the eye of the beholder, Josh. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't find Landry attractive at all. I'll <laughs> put it that way. Uh, yeah. Gene definitely sees, seems more like a natural fit for him. Uh, common interest wise, at least um, there's, so. I think a bigger discussion to be held about this next episode. So I'm going to hold off that's, with yeah. saying too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. Uh, so that's his new venture with Gene uh, smash. Things are coming apart at the seams for smash. Yeah. His life is really falling apart and it's hard to really place too much blame on him. Yeah. I mean, the, the only, the only thing is he put himself in that situation by lying and sneaking right. around, but the actual, the actual situation itself, uh, yeah, like completely reasonable and even honorable the way yeah. that he yeah. handled it for his sister and how I would hope my kids handle the situation for each yeah. other, you know? Absolutely. I'm not a, I don't condone violence for violence sake, but. If somebody is talking that way to a sibling, I think you can go ahead and pop them in the lip once or twice. Sure. You know, sure. <laughs> teach them a thing um, or two. Speaking of your kids, yeah, I'm still awa- awaiting with bated breath. Yes, the, the second episode, episode of of the Josh and Diamond podcast. But the next time that I see you guys, I've oh got this gosh. for Diamond. <laughs> She's going to lose her mind. Sasha Banks, <laughs> baby. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, so for listeners of Reliving the Lights, my daughter, uh, five-year-old daughter and I have an unofficial podcast where we look at her wrestling trading cards that she got for Christmas and uh, talk about the pro wrestlers on them. Her favorite wrestler, Sasha Banks, she used her Tooth Fairy money recently to buy another pack of wrestling cards from Walmart. And <laughs> so this, the second episode... Uh, is us opening the pack and seeing what she got. And then uh, uh, we talk about who would date who, who would marry yes. who from the wrestlers. And she's got she's got a, a great, great so uh, excited to hear that. relationship that she puts together. So uh, you, you don't know about that podcast, but you guys do know uh, my editing uh, <laughs> time, <laughs> time schedule. Time. Yeah. Uh, so... Haven't put the latest one together yet, but it, yeah, you'll hear it soon. It's a good one. Uh, so that, yeah, so we got Landry smash smash is not at a good place. Things are starting to unravel, but we respect him 
uh, for for what he did. Anyone else? Who else we got? Tim. He's finally maybe escaping the clutches of Guy. Yeah. Finally, finally escaped the clutches of Guy, but also kind of getting his heart broken by Lila, who um, he, as it turns out, has developed real deep feelings for, and she... Mm-hmm. Is not feeling it. She has no. found her calling in being a um, mainstream Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Very mainstream. Very happy, clappy Christian. Uh, yeah. So I guess we we feel for Tim uh, in both of those situations. Because, yeah, he was kind of driven from his own home into the arms of... <laughs> guy and is now suffering consequences and yeah the dude finally has like real human deep feelings for someone which i feel like is a new thing for him probably and uh it's not going so well so that's pretty rough anybody else Nobody else is coming to mind. Matt is kind of going through it with uh, the loss of Carlota, but we don't get a ton of him. We don't get a ton of that yet. No. Also coach Eric Taylor played a pretty small role in this episode. Yeah. Not a lot going on. Not not a lot going on for Eric. So uh, yeah, I think we can pretty much wrap this section up. We'll take a little break and we'll come back for our weekly awards. Okay, we are back. We're going to give out some awards as we always do. And as we always start, we are going to start with the Coach Taylor Inspo rating. Now, we just left the last uh, segment of the show saying Coach didn't do a whole lot. Yeah. So I don't know what we do with this. I feel like there's a little glimmer of inspiration at some point. Maybe just convincing Tammy. Uh, but that was almost self-serving. Was inspirational. It was more self-serving. Um, yeah, I, I think Coach just didn't do enough this episode to really warrant a true rating. I think I'm just going to go with a flat zero. Okay. I Yeah, I, I think that's fair. So I guess let's give out a... Let's give out an honorable mention in sport rating this week since we had so many uh, so many different people kind of making inspiring moves. So let's not give it a rating, but let's pick this the 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 most inspirational character of the episode. I think we gotta we gotta nominate Buddy for his sure. little pep talk he gives Jason. I think we gotta name it nominate Jason Street. Yep, uh, for his pep talk uh, to Gerald and Tammy. As a new coach, inspiring, well, also, again, a little self-serving to get Tyra on the team, right. um, but inspiring the team and getting them uh, to their first win of the season. So, Buddy, Jason, and Tammy, who was the most inspiring character this week? To me, between those three, is probably Jason Street. I think to see him take on this job that he had no experience for um, that he was an actual, like, had an actual disadvantage because his coworkers were all hating him and lying yeah. to him. And he overcame all of that with maybe some 
you know, serious struggles and he sold to the, the hardest nut to crack as it were <laughs> at Garrity motors and has potentially found his, his calling. Yeah, I agree. I would also say that that is, <clears throat> was the most inspiring. I think I would give, I, I would give buddy Garrity the next spot because I really do think that buddy knows what makes people tick to a certain point. And so it was kind of a pretty, <laughs> I was going to say genius move. Let's not oversell it here. Yeah. For Buddy. But he, he, he did his job. Well, he's, he's good at being a car salesman and he's good at telling people what they need to hear. So that was pretty impressive. So Jason street, you are our honorary, uh, inspiring figure this week in lieu of coach just kind of cruising <laughs> flying yeah. under the radar uh speaking of flying under the radar julie taylor also did not much have much going on here this episode yeah, i think her snarkiness um toward like she just kind of spent the episode like in the background just being annoyed <laughs> yeah. i mean she was definitely hateable i mean her um, as Tyra's over, like having dinner with them, and uh, Tammy Taylor's like, "Oh, Tyra, you should join the team." And the whole time, mom, yeah, she doesn't Julie's care. Just, yeah, Julie's just, ugh. and then she makes the comment of, uh, "What are they like one in twelve now?" Like, yeah, just geez. snotty. That's true. So, so she didn't ha- she didn't have much going on, but what she did have going on was pretty hateable. Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe a th- three, a two or a three. Yeah, here. I was thinking I was thinking three or four. So let's go with a okay, three. Let's go with a three. Even when Julie is barely present, still hate her. Yeah. Big rig beer tally. We had one. One. Yep. So when they were <laughs> discussing the stock market, <laughs> yes, uh, like a couple of Wall Street bros, bills. <laughs> Or uh, Bill Riggins. Why did I say Bill? Oh, Billy. Billy Riggins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim was knocking one back. So we'll add one to the beer tally this week. The Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen, Aw Shucks, Goofus Malufus moment of the week. We didn't have a ton of Matt either. No, there was very, very little Matt in this episode. He was at Applebee's. That's That's it. The main occurrence yeah. that I can think of. So nothing there. Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. Uh, he really wasn't very sleazy. No, he only had the one scene where he gave Jason the pep talk. I think the sleaziest thing was him maybe seeing dollar signs in his eyes when he thought of Jason being a salesman for him. Yeah. Was he, I, mean, I think he, maybe it was a self-serving thing to get Jason to work for him. Yeah. Do you think he liked the idea of a guy in a wheelchair trying to sell a hometown him? hero athlete in a wheelchair? Yeah. Trying to sell cars. Well, absolutely. I mean, he, he tried to exploit uh, Henry Saracen being a exactly a service member or vet or whatever. So yeah, we'll do, we'll put that. We'll put exploiting Jason for personal benefit. Notable music cues. You you marked one down, didn't you? Yeah, I did have one, which was "Your World" by David Shepard Grossman. Never heard of that guy. Same. I don't believe uh, I was aware of any outdated pop culture references. 
I didn't notice any. Let me think for a second. No. Maybe maybe the sizzling apple pie, if that is that no might longer be it. in the that menu of it. Applebee's. <laughs> Which seems oh. like something that might get phased out. It sounded more like a yeah, limited time offer for sure. I'm going to just quick <laughs> Google it. Yeah. Ooh, you can get it. Oh, it comes up on the Google suggestions. Sizzling apple pie, Applebee's. Looks like there's currently a sizzling caramel apple blondie on the menu at Applebee's. Oh, yeah. I found a recipe for the sizzling <laughs> apple pie on Pinterest <laughs> yep. from 2012. So it probably oh, is. We got a Facebook post in the Google searches from 2013. Let's see if you can read that back. Bring back the sizzling apple pie. Your name is Applebee's. Why would you get rid of the apple dessert? Best dessert in the world. Stupid mistake. I won't be back. <laughs> 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 Kayla was pretty upset. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's gone. So I would say that's our outdated pop cultural reference of the week. Yep. That's, that's gotta be it. <laughs> Your name is Applebee's. Why would you get rid of the apple dessert? <laughs> exclamation point, exclamation point. Hopefully Kayla has discovered the sizzling caramel apple blondie. And that has <laughs> maybe, you know, helped ease the pain. Her back. Yeah. yeah. Um, there were also a couple of metal bands that Gene referenced that I think may have been by this point outdated, but I Very don't well know enough be. about metal. To the the thing with sure. metal bands is that they usually like just hang around until they're, you know, 70 playing. Like think about Slayer or whatever. Those dudes right. are like in their sixties. Metallica, War. Yeah. So. Anthrax, they're still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megadeth. Okay. Megadeth. Yeah. Uh, all right. Our quote of the episode. I didn't write much down here. I didn't either. Um, check the IMDb. I feel like the quotes have been really weak in season two. Like there yeah. hasn't been anything very memorable. I got nothing. Okay. I liked one that I wrote down that we didn't talk about. Uh, when Tim was at volleyball practice and just amazed at how bad they were sucking, uh, he yells out over the net <laughs> to the volleyball team, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, I don't know if it's a quote of the episode. Good, but I think maybe the nerdy metal conversation between Landry and Gene, like that was, I think probably the most memorable. Yeah. I, I would nominate Jason's speech to Gerald. Yeah, that was pretty good, good. too. It was kind of funny. So, all right. So, if you're listening, take your pick between (laughs) some of those. Not a a strong episode. And like we said, not really a strong season, really, for quotes. I mean, when Coach Taylor doesn't even register on the inspo rating, you're going to have a hard time coming up with memorable quotes. So, Uh, our MVP of the episode... I gotta say maybe Jason Street is who I'm gonna nominate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he overcomes here. He rises up and succeeds in a new challenging uh venture for him. So I think that's that's a good nomination. You know, I think once again we can always make the the argument for Tammy. Of course. You know, she she, she takes also hold. had a strong episode, of course. Yep. 
she takes hold of a hard situation and turns it around right from the start. So that's good. Uh, I think it's between those two. And I do like, I do like Jason, Jason more in this situation. So yeah, this might be our first Jason street MVP episode. So that's exciting. If I had to guess, I would say it probably is. Yeah. All right. Our episode rating. Finally, it's, I would, I'm not feeling too, too high on this episode. I'm going to be honest with you. I watched this episode like four weeks ago is when I took my notes. I <laughs> yeah. Due to a miscommunication, I thought we were going to record it and we didn't. Yep. And then I moved. So we took several weeks off yep. and I rewatched it last night and like went over it with my notes just to be like, oh, I can throw something in. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I threw nothing additional in and I literally like I thought, oh, I have the excuse that I don't really remember much about this episode because I watched it four weeks ago, but then I watched it again last night and I still don't remember <laughs> much about it. So, yeah, uh, this is like uh, maybe like a five and a half. Yeah, I think this is a this is an all time low so far for. Yeah. Well, no, we might. I think we've given out a five before. Um, I'm I'm happy with just a five. Like yeah. it was fine. I'm alright with that. Yep. Um, very like there's not a lot that actually impacts the show except for we find out that Smash is suspended, but that's literally yeah. like one scene where finally. Like, okay, <laughs> he's suspended and now they're screwed. Other than yeah. that, like, nothing. So, it's a five. Not bad. Uh, not great. As always, we'll remind you that even when Friday Night Lights is uh, not good, it's still its a great. lowest. It's still a it's great show. It's still average. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So, that's that's about it. Uh Shout out to our listeners in the West Indies. Yeah, as always. Uh, yeah, all of you in Jamaica and other various West Indian places. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Wherever you're at, we appreciate you. Uh, thanks for listening. Check us out on Twitter. Uh, rate us and review us. All those things help, but most of all, we're just uh, glad you're with us. Glad you're enjoying Friday Night Lights with us. We're glad you're. We, we're glad you're listening. Thank you. All right. We will see you next week for another episode of Reliving the Lights. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.